everybody and welcome back to the Grand Prix Girls podcast. Today we are going to be talking about the public versus private debate. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoy. Our first topic of the day is what is a public figure and our F1 drivers public figures. Chessie, take it away. Anytime you have someone performing their job in public on TV, the radio, movies, etc. You are a public figure in some regard. And I think there's definitely an argument to be made about what's the, what they do is in the public interest. You know, we all tune into it. We buy subscriptions to TV channels in order to watch it. Some people buy merchandise. And so people do view them as public figures, I think. What do you think, Sarah? I think naturally... If you are like a top athlete in your field, which by the time someone makes it to Formula One, you are a top athlete in your, you know, field of sports. Um, You are definitely a public figure. You're at least a figure that is prominent in the public eye, which is, you know, public figure. There you go. I think when you have so many eyes on you you have people then discussing you know every aspect of your life and your sport and all those things that you know how you're doing your standings all that are going to be discussed it's going to be of interest to everyone that's a fan or has any financial involvement any sort of involvement in formula one is you're going to have discussion around it um I do think some of those drivers like to play more into the role of being a public figure. You know, they have their businesses or they may interact with fans a little bit more through things like social media, content creation. You know, I think there are genuinely drivers that seem to enjoy or make more of a career out of being that public figure. And I think there's very clearly some that that's not for them. That part of it is not something they want to pursue as much, which is normal. I think that's fine. I agree that being such a high-performance athlete and in that in F1 and that this specific field, it's so competitive that being literally the best of the best in one of 20 drivers, you kind of are making yourself almost into a public figure whether you want to be or not. I agree with Sarah. Like Some people definitely play into that role a lot more than others, which... If they want to, they do it. They can. Great for them. If they don't, doesn't, shouldn't bother you if they're not playing into that role. It's completely up to them. It's their their life. They can do whatever they want to with it. Those that do play into it a little bit more so to fans and stuff to kind of interact with them. But that still doesn't or shouldn't allow us to just disregard the fact that they are humans. They have a private life and we should be respecting that boundary yeah yeah i do think there are certain aspects though like obviously i would say prejudices would be something that would be more in the public interest and as a public figure because they rely on sponsorships that is something that people would want to know because it would allow them to boycott those sponsors and you know hold everybody accountable what i don't think is like public figure related is who they're dating yeah. Um, even when you have the person being at the track, that doesn't mean they are opening themselves up to being a public figure. Like, I don't think dating a public figure opens you up to being one. Right. Yeah. Well, and I do think anyone that's attached to a Formula One driver, anyone that is a Formula One driver, just because they are opening themselves up through content creation or connecting with fans online or through streaming platforms and things like that, just because they're opening that door a bit, it's maybe they're letting people poke around a little bit. You know, they don't mind that. It's not saying come right in. You're free to every bit of my home, every bit of my house, every bit of my information, you know, can enjoy the bits of their life that they're letting us in to have a view at, to see, to interact with them. We're not able and allowed and should not be trying to ask for demand or like seek out more yeah it's not what you were saying like setting yeah. we should respect their boundary and the boundary they set yes yes 
So yeah, public figure, yep. but just because you are a public figure doesn't mean you relinquish anything that everybody yeah. else who isn't a public figure mm-hmm. gets to enjoy. They're humans first. Yeah. Just respect their rights you have as a human. Exactly. Next topic. So when is it okay to approach the drivers? Mm. Yeah. Who wants to go? I think that's Jesse. I, I think I do recognize this is a difficult one. Um, because I think a lot of people are aware of what their specific duties are, that it isn't just being in a car on the track. There is so much more to being a Formula One driver aside of that. They have to do the media appearances. They have sponsorship events. They go to fan zones. They have their own like business endeavors that they do as well. So it's really difficult to know when it's okay to approach. In my view, it's very much when their business day stops, that's when it's no longer okay to approach. You know, if they're not opening themselves up to that, like if they're going on a stream, okay, that during that streaming time, it's okay to approach. But if they're walking down the street with their mother or their family or friends or girlfriend or partner, I think it's no longer okay to approach. They're not performing their job function in that moment. They are a private person. And I don't think that the public figure means that in those moments we have carte blanche to them. I don't think we have an entitlement to them. I don't think they owe us anything in that moment. So I would say it's okay to approach during regularly scheduled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Working things. But it is, I recognize how difficult that is to know when those moments are. Yeah. So it's a difficult one. But. Because I yep. think sometimes some of those sponsorship events, things like that, do a good job of trying to make them feel like almost more natural or more casual. And I think that can lend itself to some confusion. And I also get that if you don't have the financial means to go to a Grand Prix or or you're in that city but you're not you don't have tickets to the Grand Prix, like maybe you're not sure which of these are actual events that I can go to. And there's a lot of guides online where you can find yeah. out what's going on. And yeah. Do your research before you go. Yes. And just keep literally check socials because they certain teams will just have like their sponsorships will like just have an oh, event at 6 p.m. at Home yeah. Depot. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first one that popped in my head. I was like, Home Depot. Yeah, why not? Yep. It works. I agree with Chessie. Any work function where they have a specific duty or role to play within the proper hours, their scheduled pr- programming time for work. <laughs> their regularly scheduled program. <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine. And then check the sponsorship events. Check out the fan zones. Research. Research is my friend. Definitely go to fan zones, though. Like, definitely, when there are those opportunities, if you can go, go. Meet the drivers. Say hi. Get chat with them. Get get those photos. That's what they're there to do. And do it during those times. Just do it in the right moment. It can be. And there's also, obviously, not everyone can afford to go to races or to sponsorship events or fan events. And I know that might be disheartening if you just happen to be on holiday and you see a driver and it's like oh my gosh but if you wouldn't want someone coming and shoving a camera in your face when you're just walking down the street on holiday even if they seem happy about it and some of them may genuinely not mind it human beings as emily said treat drivers as human beings because they are first and foremost that yeah yeah just send them just wave just be like yeah love your driving or meh but like you (laughs) You could do better. <laughs> you really could do better. Maybe don't tell like, them you could do <laughs> Please. No, I mean, no. Why not? I mean, I honestly, the, why not? If that's what you want to say, I don't think being rude is necessarily the way to go in any situation, unless, unless it's no. warranted. No. Like but, lighthearted fun. Yeah. Like being just yeah. like, oh. Yeah. Like you know. have, a, have a chat, say hello. When you your know. team tells you to come in to change for wets maybe have a chat with them wave you know if they ask if you want a photo sure you know yeah. but like read the situations be polite 
Don't be... Don't be rude. Don't be demanding. It's on their terms. Yeah. You're interrupting their life in that moment. Don't, please don't just run up with your camera in their face like, take my picture. (laughs) Yeah, please don't do that ever to anyone. Ever. I wouldn't want that. Clearly, it was enough of a problem, though, with people's behavior and how they approach drivers. I'm not saying everyone. I'm not saying the majority of people. I'm saying... It's happened enough times that Imola, in their tips for fans, has put a how to behave section. Independent news sources have put out like a how to act when meeting drivers. And it's not like a how to act if you're meeting like the queen. Okay. She rests in peace, I guess. (sighs) Yeah. If you're meeting the queen, impressive. (laughs) (laughs) And I have questions. <laughs> I think that most of the guidelines it literally comes down to they're people first. Please interact with them like people first. Yeah. Um so it's not like you have to learn how to curtsy or anything. No, you just Yeah, I think one of the mm-hmm. reminders was not everyone wants to be hugged, so make sure to give them personal space, which I feel like should go without saying. I get it. Yeah. Are there some of them that like it would be maybe t- you you know you see them you're like oh I want to give them a hug I love them like I get it. Want doesn't mean you get though. I'm not a big hugger. I would not love if someone ran up to me that I didn't know and tried to hug me. I don't even want some of the people I do know hugging me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like not to be a dick, but like yeah, I think if. Anything like that, if you want to ask, I'm not saying don't ask. I'm saying ask politely. Understand their answer and then don't get angry with them. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It's simple. Any any yeah. famous celebrity, who, anyone that has that, any person. Any person, really, yeah. Actually, no, let me rephrase Just that. Any person. Any person. Ask and listen. I think they also had to specify, like, what to ask people to autograph, and please use common sense. A phone case. A piece of paper. A photo. A car model. Yeah. Helmet. Little mini helmet. Ordered. I I know Charles Leclerc will sign just about anything these days. Don't, Don't take that and run with it. Don't please, like, normal things no marriage certificates no inappropriate parts of the body just because someone signs a marriage certificate by the way doesn't mean you're married to them let's be really clear about that shouldn't have to state it but just in case like you also shouldn't have to specify not to ask them to sign body parts and yet, yeah, don't ask them to sign body parts. Like your arm might be one thing, yep. but let's let's keep it PG. Yeah. Oops, we're in trouble. No, it's not trouble. She's taking tallies. If you hear us talking about tallies and stuff, we have a whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah. And for off-topic yep. stuff for the listeners out there. So yeah, don't be a dick. Okay. And use common sense if you're going to approach a driver. Yeah. Don't be a Richard Cranium. Do you get it? Yes, we <laughs> Just in case no one else is, don't be a dickhead. Yep. <laughs> Emily's just like pointing at her head, being like, I got the brain cell today. <laughs> <laughs> she does have the brain cell today. Um, for those for those that are unaware, as is everyone besides our group chat. We've realized that between everyone involved with this podcast, so us, your hosts, but also social media queen, social media, all that jazz, we share one brain cell. One. And it likes to pick who it's with every day. And um, it's been jumping around today. Our next topic is when is it not okay to approach a driver? And I personally think anything that falls outside of those specific situations that are their working hours 
it's their personal time. They should be allowed that time for themselves and for them to not worry about being hounded by fans and media. Sadly, that is not followed probably nine nine times out of ten. So we need to work on that. Yeah, exactly. Like, outside of what is considered work, I would say drivers are private people. And I don't see why driving a car in Formula One means they don't get to experience the same that we do. Like, and be able to set those boundaries for themselves just like we do. So, yeah, I agree with Emily. I do think this is where the discussion or debate, not just in Formula One, but in other sports, can get really messy. Um, because it can so easily sound like you're critiquing people for having done something in the past or shitting on someone for wanting to do something or being tempted to do something. And it's like, I get it. If I'm getting off an airplane and in the airport, I see an F1 driver or I'm out to lunch and I see one come by, like, I know I'm going to be so tempted to take that photo or like call up the group chat or be like, oh my God. I get it because these two know that I would be the first one to be like, Oh my God, it's insert any driver name here. Um, that I would be like, I just, saw- I get it. I think when you're a fan, that's natural. You're a fan of someone, you're a fan of a team that is going to excite you. What I think is one of the really, really big issues is when you're, Sneaking photos, sending them to gossip pages. That's one of the really big issues, I think, because you're either using them to gain followers in that case, gain attention, or to essentially purposely start a rumor, even if that wasn't what you were thinking was going to happen, that if you send it to a popular like gossip page or something, you you were out to lunch, they were out to lunch, you took a photo... It ends up on a gossip page. That's what's going to happen. And that's where we get into the situations where we think a driver is dating someone they're not. And then they're knowingly, like, obviously going to be frustrated with their fans, with the internet. um, Because that's really bothersome to go through. That's really annoying. It's bothersome. It's kind of hurtful. And I think it kind of builds a little bit of distrust between communities when we're we're doing things like that i agree a hundred percent yeah yes some drivers out of the goodness of their own hearts will take photos sign autographs when they're out and about like on their personal time they will do that which love them for doing that yeah they don't have to, but they're just doing it because they recognize that it'll probably it could make someone's day or possibly their whole life. You know, yeah, that can happen. But that doesn't mean that you should be just approach them in the airport if they're just like you know walking to their gate or more like their jet private plane. Don't just run up, approach them, take my picture, take my picture. Be considerate of their privacy and personal time with their friends and family. Yeah, yeah. I think like exactly what you said. Yeah. Like I get everyone's different. Okay. And even within this like chat, we have different views on it and different ways that we would approach things. But I think everyone just needs, I think we do all need to understand someone's right to privacy. And just because we watch a sport, or we follow them on social media, it doesn't mean we have a right to them. And you may want something from them, but it doesn't mean that they have to give it. And I think you you touched on this earlier, Sarah, that like we're getting into more and more precarious, dangerous situations where there are people who are swarming the drivers at airports, in hotel lobbies, at restaurants. And I think there is a concern when you try to excuse the behavior and I and I've seen it in in like conversations online people have where it's like oh but it's okay because the sport wouldn't exist without fans and oh they've said that they're happy to do it yeah but just because you want something it doesn't mean they have to give it and I think if we just look at 
Didn't Max Verstappen have to organize extra security for himself and other drivers at one point at a race just to get from point A to point B? I just think when you're getting into that sort of situation, there is there is a much bigger problem going on that needs to be addressed. And the respecting their boundaries is so important. And it's not just for the drivers themselves, like workers at the hotels, at the airports, the fans as well, and taxi drivers. If you're swarming someone, it's inevitably going to happen that something bad comes from it and no one wants that in again not necessarily f1 but in other sports other you know situations where there's someone that is quote-unquote famous um and it's just like one accidental shove away from someone getting injured and injured badly um And I know that, yes, some drivers have said, hey, I like meeting fans or I want to do this even if I'm having a bad day. And while I'm not saying they're lying or I'm not saying don't take their word for it, um, I am saying, like, keep in mind there is a business side to this. If a driver comes out and says, I absolutely hate meeting fans or it exhausts me, it tires me. The reaction to that is not going to be good. Um, the reaction to that is going to be getting called rude, ungrateful, you know, oh, your fans are who makes you money or you wouldn't be in this position, which fundamentally untrue. Know, right. Mm-hmm. In in especially in Formula One, definitely not yeah. true. Um, but like keep that in mind. So when a driver has said, yes, I want to meet people, I want to take those photos, like, I can't fault you for saying, oh, but they've said I can. Like, I'm not going to f- do what you want to do, queens, kings, but do what you want to do, but read the situation, understand maybe that that isn't always totally their decision, or they're making the decision because of how saying no would look. And um, understand that even if they have said, I want to meet fans in the past, in that instance, they have every right to say no. In every instance going forward, they have the right to say no, not right now, anything like that. Yeah, it's not like a blanket consent in every situation, is it? It's like you said, read the room, read the situation and apply common sense. Like I think we're at the line where I wouldn't be surprised to see something happen. Not necessarily to the driver, but like a fan accidentally trampling another fan or a fan getting knocked out of the way. Or even when you just have groups of those people and you're in hot areas, just things like heat stroke. It's not necessarily anyone's fault, but yeah. Yeah, and you certainly don't ever want to be in a situation where the drivers are being put in a position where they have to blanketly say, stop approaching me, stop coming to the airport, stop coming to the... Like, it should never be in a position where somebody has to say that because... They're right. still private people. Right. That should go without yeah. saying. Yeah. Like yeah. they're not an object. Yeah. They're a person. Yep. Yeah. Person first, driver second. Yes. They may Treat argue as such. drivers first, Never. person second, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they just have I'll driving. let them make that call. Yeah, they can make that call. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. even if they did make that call. They still have their right to privacy. I think that leads us right into our next topic. I tried. Yep. Yep. Great job. So, (laughs) our next topic is, does being in the public eye for your work mean that you relinquish your rights to privacy? Jesse? No. Like, honestly, it doesn't. It's not something that you can relinquish. It's a fundamental right, and it's ingrained in multiple documents, like, declarations of human rights it's fundamental it's inalienable you you don't relinquish it just because you perform a function in public like a job being performed in like quote unquote the public sphere does not mean that we have an entitlement to their time outside of the performance of that job it just means that their job requires public attention for it to be performed but once you're done with that you have your privacy like, you don't relinquish it. You can't. It's like you don't relinquish your right not to be tortured. <laughs> True. True. It's the same thing. <laughs> no, it is. I just, I didn't. I wasn't, was, expecting. I wasn't expecting it. But it is the same principle. Okay. 
It is. Sometimes you have to go explain the it extreme is. to get it understood. It's no different. Yeah. So I completely agree with what Jesse said. Just because someone's job has placed them in that in the public eye does not mean that their privacy is relevant. Their privacy is theirs. It's not ours. Simple as that. They shouldn't have to relinquish that fundamental right as Chen's as Chensi. <laughs> That's gonna be my name from now on in it. <laughs> as Jesse mentioned. Just because someone can get a photo or video because they feel like it's a souvenir that they can hold on to and that they're entitled to doesn't mean that you should. We've seen celebrities, famous people whose lives were just completely destroyed because of that lack of privacy um, and how much it's just destroyed on in their life with them as a person. And it, I think it can fundamentally change you when your life is just reported on and you have no control. I mean, we've seen it destroy people. That is not, oh, I'm making this up or I'm exaggerating. No, we've seen that. You have cameras pointed on you when you're in the public eye for not only your highest highs, and that might be great and you want to relive those moments, but your lowest lows. And I think we have to remember that these were young kids, young boys who karting and single-seater racing was their dream like formula one was their dream they were signing up to pursue that i don't think any like little four to ten year old was sitting there thinking i'm gonna be famous and have people you know they at the time like social media was not a thing or was barely in its infancy like so you wouldn't have been sitting there thinking as a kid oh, i can't wait for people to take photos of me and video me maybe that was on their radar at some point but that wasn't what they were here for that wasn't what the life they signed up for they wanted to race they still want to race that's what they live for that's what they do that's their career it's gonna be something that we have to understand that even in Formula 3 and Formula 2, you have, you know, cameras on you. When you get to Formula 1 and that spotlight is really on you, I don't think most of these drivers are prepared for that. I think no, the amount, no amount of preparation, no amount of warning someone is going to prepare you for what that actually feels like. Um, so I think sometimes we have to give them some grace with how they handle it, too, and also be understanding of, like, you know, when you're entering that space or even if you've been in that space for a little bit, you're not always going to know how it makes you feel. And you may have something that just suddenly makes you go, oh, wait, I don't I don't like this. I want I need more privacy. I don't I don't. Yeah, because I think it can just be so exhausting and yeah, damaging if. If they're not given that privacy. Definitely. And I get that some people may say that, you know, fame or your level of popularity, the number of followers you have may be like a marker of your success. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that was your goal. And even if that were someone's goal, even if they signed up to be famous, that still doesn't relinquish the right. And we've all seen the arguments that people make that, oh, but they're performing this role, they're on Drive to Survive, they post things about their private life, they do streams, therefore we have a right to them. And I think we all know that it's a worrying argument when you see it. Because as we've said throughout, we as an individual, we get to determine our boundaries. And yeah, it's, it's concerning when how much the private life that the driver shares seems to impact on people's everyday life and seems to almost consume parts of their lives. Like getting that photo of a driver at a restaurant with a friend or a woman or whatever, like seems to be so important. And it's almost to the neglect of everything else. Like I really worry about the impact that has on that person, but also the impact that has on the driver, because that is a lot of pressure to be putting on someone. There's one thing where the enjoyment of the sport when your team is doing well and it makes you happy and when they're doing bad, you're sad. Like there, that's one thing. But when it's the driver's private life and how much they share or who they're seeing or who they're spending time with is having that level of an impact. I think we're getting into a really scary arena and yeah. almost unprecedented. Yeah. Like you mentioned about social media not existing beforehand. Like, Obviously, paparazzi were taking pictures of people. 
before and selling them to websites and selling them to magazines and people would buy them and consume it that way. But I think there is something more sinister with how social media has developed and the relationship between with Drive to Survive and with the popularity of the drivers taking on extra endeavors with streaming, etc., that it's almost increasing people's belief in their right to someone's private life and the level of interest they have in it. Now, from my perspective, I don't care who a driver dates, right? And I don't care if you care who a driver dates. I do care if they're using their position as a public figure to promote their partner, get sponsorship for their partner, brand endorsements for their partner. If that partner is a racist or a sexist or a homophobe, transphobe, I do care in that moment because I want to know what brands to avoid. So I recognize there are a lot of people who say and who feel the same way, like, I want to know this because we as a consumer have a specific power, but that power doesn't mean we have the right to their privacy. I actually think you touched on something really interesting that I don't think we've talked about in there and that it's not only the effect on the driver, which is huge, but the effect on us as fans, if we are so invested in those things, because I think if that's your goal out of a race weekend, not judging you for that, you're missing so much of that race weekend. And I know how easy it is when you're a fan of something, you know, I've been there to get almost over invested in every little aspect of it. You are consuming it. And I mean, like Formula One is our lives. Like we are always on the lookout for things where we have a podcast we are always on the lookout for what is the latest what's going on you know but if you are so invested in every single thing you have to get that photo you have to know exactly who they're dating it's almost like it feels like an obsession and and I've seen that I, I I've been that when I was younger with other you know forms of media books tv shows movies whatever I've been there it gets exhausting and it's almost setting yourself up to be disappointed or to not be satisfied from the beginning because you're never going to be able to get all the answers you want. And then you kind of lose yourself into that if you're that have that much of an obsession in something. You're that just takes over everything. Yeah. It does. It's so easy to, for it to take over without realizing and to be, well, I never would be that person and then realize I was that person. I think it's when you hear people having these conversations that it kind of hits home like, oh, I used to do that. I used to like hyperfixate yeah. on an actor or a musician or something in an author. Yeah. And it's, I think it's so important for people to have conversations and it's not ever judging or saying that someone is bad or wrong or evil. That's not what this is about at all it's about understanding you know we've got a right to our privacy and the driver is the same yeah I know for me I would kind of hate if I was I mean okay I wouldn't hate it it would be a little bit stressful if I always had eyes on me like that if you're a public figure and all eyes are on you no matter how much you can try and control your image you can't those eyes are on you they will get it out there they will find a way to publish it someone will have a camera that you weren't aware of and I think that would be really stressful because that is just a complete lack of control over your image and how you're portrayed that I think would be mm, I wouldn't like it I wouldn't yeah yeah I think unnerving is the right word next topic so what is right to privacy fundamental right inalienable right it's yours forever People don't get to take it from you. Say it louder, please, for the people in the back that did not hear you. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is a fundamental human right that people should acknowledge without question and respect it. And just for people who no. don't know, like the right to privacy or private life, I've said before, is enshrined in documents you could go to the European Convention on Human Rights, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, the European Charter of Fundamental Rights, the Human Rights Act. Like, when you read through it, not just freedom from inter government interference in your personal life, it includes media. And I think by extension, it it's anyone with a phone and video and content creators, because at this point, when you're reporting something, I think you're blurring a line from being you're stepping into that role of media 
So when a driver's having a meal in a restaurant, you might argue they're not in a private space, so they don't have the right to privacy. Common sense, we keep coming back to it, would apply. As Sarah said, you wouldn't want someone taking your photo without your knowledge. You don't want people taking your picture without your permission. So we shouldn't be doing that to a driver, right? I like I said I'm glad that people aren't trying to at this point in time um take a photo of me at the restaurant because I know I would always be on it like am I going to spill something and someone's going to get a photo am I going to be like slurping soup and making an odd face and someone's going to be there zooming in and the next headline I see is me slurping literal soup like I would be stressed all the time about that and like I said, I get we have a podcast, you know, our content creators and are stepping into that role. And there's a lot of content creators out there. You get not complete control because I do get that, if, again, if you get to a level of, you know, you have a large following, you may have people that then are following you around trying to engage with you as a fan. But you have control over what you're putting out there. Like we can just delete anything. We can cut anything. If we don't like what we said, how we looked, like that can go. You're never going to see it. Sorry. Um, someone like an, a driver where that camera is always on or you don't know when the camera is always on, you don't get the freedom to control your image, to control what people are seeing as much as you might want. And I think if you're very business oriented, like some of these drivers are, you may really want to be able to control your image for your business, for how you're viewed. And you don't get that when... You don't get that not only because you have people maybe preaching those rights, but you don't get it even from just being in that position. So I think the more we breach it, the more we take it away, the worse it is, the more stressful it is, the more all that that we're putting on these drivers. Yeah, I just think that lack of control would be really stressful. I agree. Just because someone's having a meal at a restaurant in a public place doesn't mean you can just sneakily walk by with your phone out Thank you for taking a video or a picture i felt for those that are watching there was a demonstration there <laughs> for those listening just imagine a phone creepily going across the screen <laughs> yeah i can't i can't imagine just how awkward that would be you're just like taking a bite of like some pasta and then you look up that's just see a camera or there's just flashes going off someone's sneaking by your table like or you don't even know i'd be constantly paranoid yeah you don't know yeah You're just and that's the thing isn't it just like, enjoying your food you've got the situation where anyone it's not just how it used to be where there were media outlets that were taking your picture or a specific paparazzi taking your picture it's almost it's spread now it's Anyone with a phone is doing it. So when, when yeah. if we don't acknowledge their right to privacy, when are these drivers actually able to enjoy being people? Let people yeah. be people. Yeah, let people be people. 2024. Oh my God, yeah. Can let we just... people be people. Common sense and let people be people. And don't be a Richard Cranium. I got you. <laughs> I'll make a shirt. <laughs> or I have a mug and I just lift it up like... Next topic of the day. Media was a problem before. Has this changed due to social media? Yes. As I was saying, anyone with a camera is taking pictures and videos without their knowledge and post them online. Do we have a right to this? No. Should they have to grant permission? Yes. And I think you can look at the damage that this has on someone's mental health, but also on their personal relationships. I get to go and have brunch or dinner or whatever with a friend and I don't have people sneakily taking pictures and posting them online spreading gossip and rumors about me using me for clickbait using me for likes and attention I cannot imagine the impact that has on your relationships when that is what's happening even though like your friendships and your family it would be exhausting for them like would they be wanting to go and get lunch like look I would mate but I really don't want to be posted all over social media and have people saying he shouldn't be with her. Like we're friends and having lunch when you're no longer even able to perform that basic 
or enjoy that basic experience media is no longer the problem like social media has become the bigger issue and i think while the public private debate used to center around the intrusion of the media into private lives with freedom of the press was an argument people would use to defend it and holding count- public figures accountable was the other side it's one thing to hold a public figure accountable it's another thing to intrude everything centers about your right to privacy and not relinquishing it and it's just social media i think is becoming it's perpetuating the problem social media in itself is not the problem it's perpetuating an issue that exists i think you're hitting on something very important there damage to personal relationships because that's not an if that has happened that has happened twice to the same driver unfortunately lando norris um who it absolutely ruined his relationship and then exactly what you just exactly what you said out to out to lunch with a friend and that those were the comments shouldn't be with her he shouldn't be with her what did t-? first off i think that would be exhausting having to explain that no i'm not dating someone but then it is your friend like even if your friend made questionable decisions not saying they're, they didn't um not going into anything about that like that would also suck to then go well now i know what people think of my friend as well like that's kind of a double-edged sword where it's just a bad time all around um but yeah i think we have to not think of it as a oh it's a possibility will that really happen and see it as a this has happened and it will continue to happen and it can continue to happen yeah, not a matter of if it'll happen again. It's just one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I think the existence of social media, you know, we I think everyone sat there and we watched the the golf tournament in Vegas. And, you know, we talk about Drive to Survive and them fabricating stories. And you see, you know, independent, independent like media sources, but also like very well-known and trusted media sources turning to using like dodgy sources and sacrificing reliability because they have to be the first to get the story now they have to be the creators um they have to be bigger flashier to get those ad dollars to get the revenue to stay in business um and we've seen that recently and i think we've seen that with drive to survive which really you know, dramatizes this past season. We've had drivers say, I don't like how I was portrayed, but it's a story and it ends up selling. And they have to do something to compete with social media when it's as prominent as it is. They have to find a way to stay afloat and that's what sells. And uh, I think I really kind of cringe internally when I see those dramatized stories or see the unreliable stories that get believed because people don't know. And I don't blame someone for not knowing. A lot of times they do a very good job trying to make it not seem like a tale is being told. Um, it, It definitely makes me cringe a bit when people then believe Netflix's version or believe the random publication's version. And then we, of course, find out down the line it's not true, but the damage gets done at that point. But I think it's a natural progression when you have social media, when you have people that can dedicate their free time to getting that out, to watching however much they want. Like, it's kind of a natural progression that content creators, social media getting involved pushes the media to do more to go bigger to be more invasive and then that feeds content creators to do the same and you just get that going yeah i don't think that just because we have a camera and access to social media literally click of a button 24 7 in our hands that we have a right to take photos and post them of celebrities or drivers without their knowledge. But when you're taking a photo of a driver, intimate dinner with friends or a family member and post it on social media to kind of, yeah, get that clickbait, just get that gossip, anything rolling, red flag. Yeah, 100%.
animate a red flag and put it there. Their personal time is theirs. Use their work hours to take the photos and post them. Treat others how you would want to be treated. If you don't want a picture taken of you and posted, don't do it to other people. I think when we look at these discussions or we start to have them ourselves, something that stands out is the notion that fans are simultaneously consumers and creators. Stick with me here. So we used to have it that paparazzi would go somewhere and take pictures of celebrities. But do any of us think a paparazzi was sat there growing up as a four-year-old be like, I want to invade people's privacy for money, for a living. That is my dream. That is all I want to do. I want to invade people's privacy with a telescopic lens and make a ton of money from it. No, they wanted to be photographers because they had a passion for photography. Unfortunately, magazines and websites made it that it was more financially fruitful for them to take those pictures and sell them than what they might want to do. And as long as fans, as the consumer, are willing to click on the website, buy the magazine, like, share, we're perpetuating that cycle. I promise that the paparazzi would stop taking the pictures if fans stopped consuming it. And I think if we recognize that the paparazzi shouldn't be doing it, then we as individuals, just because we have access to a camera, like you said, 24 seven click of a button social media, we have the responsibility not to do it. And we've seen in the past when invasive paparazzi have caused fatalities, we've seen it happen. And we've seen how it has made somebody become reclusive. Like I don't want to give fans my time now. I want to remain private, locked in my house. I don't want anything. Don't approach me. Don't talk to me. Don't ask for an autograph. Like it's been so invasive and so impactful and detrimental to them that they've had to put that really hard boundary in place. And I don't think anyone who's a fan of Formula One ever wants to get that the drivers feel that that's the situation that they're in. And I get people enjoy rumors and gossip we all enjoy hearing about it and discussing it talking about it there's a line like what you're saying Emily like there are red flags here that need to be discussed that need to be looked at so that we can adjust how we behave because social media isn't going anywhere it's not it as an entity is not the problem it's how we use it how we engage that's the issue and unfortunately social media has just made it easier for problematic behaviors to become more prevalent so we have a duty as fans consumers content creators to kind of ensure their right to privacy like that is that does fall to us respect their boundary and have the conversations with people and recognize that just because you want doesn't mean you get and yeah instant gratification is a problem sometimes but i think we can all do better (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's ways that, hey, call out your faves, call out your friends, like, in a nice, respectful way. Like, but yeah, have the discussions with each other. Like, be Mm -hmm. like, hey, love you. Love that for you. Um, Maybe for the future, let's cool it. Like, that's fine. That's how you grow. That's how you get better. Not one of us is perfect. Not one of us is the perfect fan. Like, I think there's a lot that as a as a group fan base formula one that we can we can check each get other better at. yeah we can check yeah. each other we can get better check at we other, grow just like drivers develop throughout the season we develop as fans <laughs> yeah yes yep i think there's benefits with formula one because i feel like there's a lot of group chats and yeah. it's often a very close-knit community mm. online let us use that to our advantage to better ourselves and you know if we're seeing issues you know respectfully call them out yeah like let's use the fact that we can do that and we have that community because other sports don't no i think when you you i we've all sat and watched twitch streams and in engaged in on various platforms with people to varying degrees and we all see it happen we all see the impact that this is having we hear people comment on it on twitch streams and say look guys come on and let's just let them set boundaries respect right to privacy and just think if you wouldn't want it done to you you shouldn't be doing it to someone else yeah 
which I feel yeah. is like, do you not learn that in kindergarten? That's similar to what is it? The, yeah. or it's like, what is it? Thumper's mom yeah. and Bambi. Yes. If you don't have anything nice to yeah. say or yeah. post, don't, don't post or say it at all. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just drivers that any of this goes for. Mm-hmm. It's every notable figure yeah. in Formula One or mm-hmm. F1 Academy. Or different things, but also just every person. Yeah. Not just every person involved in Formula One or that's a fan, just like literally every person. Yeah. And I think content creators have a duty to be more responsible. We all have a duty to be more responsible with how we engage, but also how we present information. You know, doing the research. I think, Sarah, you've, you've touched on this previous conversations that we've had outside of the podcast, most recently with Susie Wolf, like... I remember the impact that that had and not checking sources. And you said about the reliability of sources and using it to kind of beat the content creators. And what happened with Susie Wolf recently was a prime example of that and not reliable source posting something, suggesting that she had done something wrong. And suddenly her yeah. her character was being called into question. And it's the old adage of the the gossip is posted on the front page the retractions on the last page in fine print. Yeah. But by that point, the damage is done to someone's reputation. To, yeah. like, and the impact of that is so powerful, especially like you're saying with the 24 hour social media, it's never ending. I think you saying that is, it's not just like, we're not just saying that as oh, other content creators, you all should do. No, we're saying for us yes. too. Yeah. And I think that was one of the reasons that we all said we want to have a podcast yeah. is because there were times we weren't seeing enough of that. Not that it isn't there, but that it we're not seeing enough of that. Yeah. We could use more of that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why we're here. Hello, let us do that research for you. Yes, we love the research. We nerd out for the research. <laughs> to the point where we will put research. this whole discussion on our website in a blog post. That's how much we love it. <laughs> Do we have any concluding thoughts? We just need to do, do better. Need... Don't be a Richard Cranium. Do better. Let people be people. Do better. Don't be a Richard Cranium. That is it for today's episode. Please like and subscribe. Leave a nice comment on the video if you liked it. Or in the Spotify if you just listened. Give us five That's stars. That's it. Five stars yep. all around. Oh my god, Uber driver. Go. <clears throat> Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Ka-chao.